People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Wrestling fans, welcome to another episode of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. I am Matt, alongside my partner Joe. Matt! <laughs> Matt! Fix my arm! <laughs> so, so for those who have no idea what's going on, I just... I'm over, we're over here doing a sound check, and, and uh, Joe's got his arm going up and down. Um, hey, be more specific, please. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. This is what I'm seeing. His arms going up and down, and I just was like, uh, "Are we doing the show or what? Are, what's going on here?" Um, he is. Uh, he's currently apparently he's cheating on his uh, his Fitbit. Yeah, I am. Because uh, so I'm going to be parked on my parked on the couch for <laughs> the next few hours until to the end of the day. And so what you're saying is that you're the rest of America out there. So yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> America, man, America. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm assuming I'm, we're not going to go into detail here, but I'm assuming it's for uh, some kind of point system. Yeah, yeah, it's a common yeah. thing. So, uh, yeah, so never mind him as he swings his arm <laughs> back and forth. Uh, uh, this is episode 64. Jeez, uh, what are we doing here? Episode 64. <laughs> as always, we do have wrestling on the background. Some good stuff here. Uh, I'm catching up. Joe's already seen this, but uh, I'm catching up on day three of the New Japan Pro Wrestling Best of the Super Juniors Tournament. Uh, through the first two shows, I've just been absolutely blown away. Loved it so far. Dude, you're going to love the next two shows. Oh, my God. There you go. There you have it. Uh, you guys can love all four shows and the remaining shows. I believe there's 15 more shows after 15 this. 15 more, yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, all you have to do is go to our website, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash NJPW and get yourself a subscription to New Japan Pro Wrestling World, uh, the exclusive streaming service for New Japan Pro Wrestling. English commentary. You don't have to worry about not knowing how to speak Japanese or, or, or hear Japanese. Uh, translating, I should say. It's all in English. No excuses. Uh, watch good wrestling and enjoy this uh, amazing tournament because that's what we're going to start with right now. Um, the first match, first thing I want to talk about involves night one. And I, I texted Joe about this particular match. And I just like, man, I, I, I think they just they blew away everything else that's going to happen in this tournament. And that's saying something because this is... I'm very excited, very giddy about this tournament coming up. Shingo Takagi versus Show, night one. This right here was one of those matches that if they were going to be in the same bracket, you're thinking like, oh man, this is going to be like one of those last matches they're going to do. Yeah. Night one. Absolutely classic match. I've watched it three times now. <laughs> um, before we go, before before I give my, uh, what I got to say about it, I, mean, I know you liked the match, but I mean, in detail, what what was your your thoughts on, on how they went about this particular match? You know, it always excites me when you know, because you and I, I th- I think for the most part, we try to reserve our 
our wrestling talk for episodes of the show, which is cool with me. I mean, you, sure. obviously, you know, you and I are close friends, and we can text and talk and whatever whenever you want. But um, it's always it's always exciting to me when I get a text out of the blue from Matt or or any wrestling fan for that matter, like, hey. I just watched whatever, and you need to watch it. Yeah. Because chances are I'm going to enjoy the shit out of myself. Right. And this was this was no different. I After he texted me, I could not wait to sit down and watch it. And I, I was like, I know now that i got to have my undivided attention available. So I did. I, I, uh, I got set up, and um, I was doing some... I thought I was going to do some work. Uh, and instead, I I made sure I at, at least for that match, I ended up sitting and watching it uh, again with my undivided attention. And yeah, there's there's no better way to put this than instant classic. I mean, and and here's for those of you who are not familiar with Best of the Super Juniors tournament. Usually, uh, with any tournament, if you're going to do it right, get it off on the right foot. Always. Yeah. Always. And I, I think that's kind of a no-brainer when it comes to professional wrestling in general. doesn't matter what company you work for, whatever. You always want to start a tournament, especially a big one, off on the right foot. Last year, if you remember, uh, if I'm not mistaken, one of the earlier matches that you and I ranted and raved over was uh, Mr. Old Man himself against Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. And what a hell of a match that was. And we were like, damn, this it's still early. Like, this was like night one or night two mm-hmm. of, of a, you know, a, a 15 to 20 day, tur- you know, yeah. uh, tour right. tournament. And you're like, damn, they went at it like this was the finals. Right. So, um, you always want to see that. And, and again, folks, this, I wish I was joking. This is instant classic. Another match of the year candidate for myself, and uh, I'm I'm really excited to watch the rest of the tournament. Now I've watched the first four nights of the tournament that are available uh, up until this recording. Right, uh, you were two behind, but every night there is like a high caliber match that mm-hmm. sticks out from the rest of the card. Right. Um, shouts out to Chris Charlton for hopping on Twitter and letting everybody know that the Will Ospreay Rocky Romero match is one hell of a match to watch, and he was not mistaken. Holy shit! You know, a lot of people give Rocky Romero some flack because you know, oh, he's kind of like half-assed because he's he's the manager of Rapungi 3K and he's he's a commentator and right. Uh, both Kevin Kelly, I would say more so Kevin Kelly, and the rest of the NJPW commentary crew, no matter whether it's Caprice Coleman or Chris Charlton, or whomever, they'll sit there and tell you that fans will approach Rocky Romero, or, or, you know, other media personnel will approach Rocky Romero, and they're like, oh, you know, how is it being an announcer now? And he'll be quick to stop and be like, no, 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 I'm still a wrestler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, let's let's get that out of the way right away. And, uh, you know, they make mention of him um, wanting to show and prove in this tournament, like, hey, I still got it. I can still be a force to reckon with. He has not disappointed at all. Uh, the, his first match uh, was against Robbie Eagles of the Bullet Club. Yes. 
Phenomenal Great fucking match. match. Oh my yes. god. And then, you know, I'm sitting there watching him and Osprey on I think it was night three, maybe night four. Good lord. I mean it goes it goes like twenty seven to thirty minutes. So you're you, you know, buckle in, but God damn, that was some great fucking wrestling. Oh my god. But uh yeah. Show uh show versus Takagi. Yeah. We mentioned these two. And for those of you who don't know or who don't follow New Japan like we do, this was one of the very few matches going into the tournament that had probably a little more build around it than most because these two guys were were at each other before right. the tournament even started, and that was thanks to Show. Yes, because Show was immediately was like, "Hey, if I have the chance to fight Takagi during the tournament, I, I want to do it. I, I want to see what this guy's made of." Right. I, I think everybody's been kind of uh, not necessarily picking on Takagi, but kind of singling him out because he he is one of those super juniors that. Is or a junior heavyweight that is close to being a heavyweight. Well, he had to cut weight. He did. He had to cut weight to get in the tournament. The tournament, right? But but uh, even without the the actual technical aspect of it, mm-hmm. he he's just not built like your normal junior heavyweight. No, he's just not. He I, when he first came to New Japan uh, over from Dragon Gate. Like, you just think of him as a heavyweight all the time because of the way he... Like, he's a very physical fucking super junior. Right. So, I, I was so excited. And then they announced... Even the announcers uh, make mention of, like, hey, this is the first night and we've already got this match. Right. Like, how the hell is this going to, like, set the pace for the rest of the tournament? Uh... It has. It has in in a very dangerous way because this is the first time in like 20 years that they've advanced the field to more participants. Yeah. And because of that, the the matches are deeper for every participant. So in previous years, it was what, six or seven? Right, yeah. Now it's nine. These guys got to go through nine matches on the tournament. Not to mention... All of the tag matches that they're in. Yeah, you're wrestling 19 matches in like a little over 20 days. Yeah, so these, it's going to be very physical. But ever since that match, it's like they've all came out and decided that they all have to go gangbusters now. So you're watching matches like it's like it's like it's it's like they're in a different tournament. Like they're going to be eliminated right away. Right. So they have to fight for their fucking life. And I'm not complaining. It's made for a very fucking awesome tournament. It's great for the fans, for sure. Oh, my God. So, please, if you if you don't have your New Japan subscription, go and do that through our website, 20x20crew.com, slash podcast, slash NJPW. Again, for those of you who don't have an account, sign up now. You're going to get a month free right off the bat, or, or whatever it is. Is yeah. it a month for a free trial, or is it uh, a week? Might be a week. Oh, either way, yeah. you're still gonna get at least the first four shows unless you wait and then sign up after the tournament is over. Either way, you're in a you're in for a hell of a fucking tournament. I, I can't wait. I can't wait for the other fifteen shows. So I gotta I gotta squash something here. Oh no! Because ever since we we started this podcast, I've heard the same the same thing about New Japan. It's great wrestling. But there's no storytelling. We want storytelling. Oh, here we go. 
<clears throat> I want to put that to rest right now. Okay. Sho and Takagi, not, not only match the year candidate for me as well, not only raise the bar as far as, or set the bar, if you will, for the rest of the tournament as far as in-ring action goes. That's exactly what they did. But they also told the story. Everybody told the story. And I'm going to elaborate on that real quick because you talk, you mentioned Sho. Sho was, this is this young, young cat Rapongi 3K mm-hmm. it's very apparent that Sho is on the verge of breaking out as a single star yeah, whether we is. like that or not because I love Rapongi 3K as a tag team it's very clear where he stands and then you have Shingo Takagi who by the way since coming from Dragon Gate to New Japan has never been pinned has never been submitted his He's undefeated. He's undefeated. His only losses have been in tag matches where somebody else has lost the match <laughs> for him. Shingo Takagi comes into this tournament as the clear-cut favorite. On top of that, it gets it, it gets even even better for Takagi. He is projected to go undefeated in this tournament. There's not many tournaments in any sport where the I should say a round robin because I mean yeah. single elimination somebody's got to go undefeated, but in a round robin where you're not going to lose a match, you're you're going you're going you're to go through every single person. And this is a bracket that includes Taiji Shimori, the current junior heavyweight champion Dragon Lee, Marty Skrull, Jonathan Gresham, just name a few. Um, we're watching two guys right now in Tiger Mask and, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Obviously, this is, a, this, is a, this is a tough tough bracket here. Takagi is the guy to beat. Now, in, in, in pro wrestling, there's there's an old saying that uh, stemmed from a guy that you might have heard of called Rick, named Ric Flair, and that is to be the man, you got to beat the man. Now, I get it. Dragon Lee is currently technically the man because he's the champ, but he ain't undefeated like Shingo Takagi is. That is why Sho made that comment. If he gets a chance, I want to go through him. Now, paint the picture here now. Sho versus Takagi. This is the match because Sho right now, too, was projected to go really deep in this tournament. Still yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's going, to be, that's going to be that wild card match. Whoever wins that match is probably going to win the tournament. So this is probably going to be from match seven to... Maybe the last match. Mm-hmm. The one that decides it. Perfect place for it. They decide to go match number one. Brilliant. Sheer brilliant. Because now you have Sho who who wants to go through, through Takagi, wants to beat Takagi. But not only that, but knowing what he knows, what, what Takagi is projected to do, he feels he's the only guy that can stop Takagi. That's where his mindset's at. And so they have this match. If he fails this, the mindset that has to be going through his body the rest of this tournament. Because <laughs> now you could you could win eight matches in a row and it might not be enough. Because Takagi is that dominant. Yeah. This is a must win on match number one. For Takagi, he comes in and he makes a statement because throughout throughout the show, this was this was supposed to be the main event. This should be the main event. This is where the commentators come in. This is a main event match. 
Once Akagi puts that to rest because he says it's not the main event because show's not worthy of the main event. This is right here. This is this has now become a David versus Goliath situation here, where a show the young gun is going after, if you will, the dragon, in the sense of trying to slay the dragon before the dragon ever gets takes off. Can he do it? And then the match happens. Masterpiece, fucking masterpiece. Great false finishes. Perf- I, I don't use this very often, but perfect false finishes. Yeah, oh yeah. Where just you, you thought, and they got me. First time watching through it, they got me. I'm yep. like, man, he's got him, he's got him. No, he doesn't have him. This, again, you say that they don't tell stories. I get it. We don't have 20-minute promos every single show. We don't, we don't have that. We don't have guys cutting microphone promos all the time. And, and you know what? That That's the thing here is... The story, the story is being told. If you're watching professional wrestling, there's always a story to be told. Different companies do it differently. Not everyone does it the same. And and here we're talking now to make it an even more um, dividing line here, yeah. an even more apparent dividing line. We're talking about different countries. So, for those of you who don't know where I'm coming from, allow me to elaborate. A story told in U.S. professional wrestling can be told in Japan, can be told in Mexico, wherever else there's professional wrestling, but usually by country, just because of the way the the culture is around professional wrestling, it's going to be told just in a different way. And that's, that's the thing that I don't necessarily like about fans who sit there and say stuff like there's not a story being told right. because you're not you're not respecting the culture of of said professional wrestling you're mm-hmm. not uh, you're not paying attention you're not so let me break it down if we're watching the WWE right which i think a lot of our fan base does sure sorry uh, <laughs> it is um, what it is <laughs> so We'll use WWE as an example. If you're watching the WWE, traditionally speaking, you're going to get promos from whoever's involved in the storyline. You're going to get uh, video packages relentlessly Mm. about the storyline. And other than that, you're you're pretty much more than likely you're you're enthused in some sort some level of dirt sheet associated with said storyline. Sure. That's about it. Okay? So, the story is ever apparent. It's in your face constantly. Okay? And and let's face it, when it comes to color commentating these days, especially in the WWE, you've got a three-person team who's more concerned with the heel-face dynamic of a commentary team than they are actually talking about the match. Right. Let's face it, they've almost gotten lazy and let the video packages speak for themselves instead of helping helping it out, you know, adding to it. Uh, with the exception of NXT, their commentary team uh, is something completely different, and you can thank Mauro Ronaldo for that. Yeah. But now let's go to Japan. Mm-hmm. There's a story to be told. Here's how it's told, okay? Same fucking story. Ready? Here we go. From the moment you start watching the show, you have a narrator explaining 
not only all of the participants of the, of the whatever program you're watching, whatever mm-hmm. episode or show you're watching, but they're elaborating on that story. That's the beginning of it. Then when you start to watch, you have to listen and pay attention to the commentary team because guess what? They're also advancing that story, unlike what happens in the U.S. most of the time. Right. And and when I say elaborate, it isn't just a quick mention of, of whatever's going on. No, they'll sit and tell you all the details. They're emotionally invested in, they, in the story. It, thank you. They're emotionally invested in the story. And it doesn't stop there. Once that match comes on or that storyline gets addressed, there's even more. There's another layer of commentary that happens because that match is actually happening. Right. And then we still have promos in Japan, but they're always after the matches. Not during, not before, unless it's something untraditional like from a a foreigner or a gaijin wrestler because that's how it's done in America. Right. So, traditionally in Japan, all your promos are afterwards. So you will see the storylines advance during those promos. But they're after the matches. So they've done all their wrestling. They've done they've advanced the storyline physically and got hopefully got you emotionally invested with their wrestling. And then the promos happen. So it's it's a little bit different uh, process, but that story's still being told, folks. And and if you don't see that, you're you're either not paying attention or you don't care enough about professional wrestling to pay attention. Yeah, and, and I it, agree. And um, it saddens me because if that's what's going on with you, and and you feel that way, you I don't know why you're even watching. I really don't. And then the same thing in Mexico. It happens differently in Mexico, even more so. Mm. So you you have, it's all professional wrestling, at, at, to some extent. But that story is still being told. It's just being told differently. See, and that's that's the point I'm trying to make. Where we're showing Takagi, again, there there wasn't it wasn't promo after promo after promo. You, you heard what was said. It was translated, obviously, because I don't speak Japanese. So they, again, the commentators doing their job, and not just translating, but telling the story and then you see the emotion the emotion between Sho and Takagi Takagi starts off the, the match he's very confident there's, de- there's definitely a, a cockiness to him Sho the entire time he's pumped he's ready to go you can see that, that look of despair in his eyes though too where this is, he has to win this match he knows he has to win this match where Takagi truly as far as you know the character goes in his heart, he knows show can't beat him. Go ahead. And, and, and you know what? I'm, I want to add one more thing here. Yeah. Uh, in relation to the WWE, at least, mm-hmm. I can understand where it might be hard to get emotionally invested in a match if you're watching like a Monday Night Raw or a oh, Tuesday abso- Night SmackDown. Absolutely, yeah. Because of the way they're doing ads now. Yeah. So you'll be watching a match, and you might be emotionally interested or invested, mm-hmm. but then they cut to a commercial, and as a viewer, it snaps you out of it. Yeah. And when they come back, you're supposed they want you to have that same level of, and let's face it, because of the way the product has been lately, it doesn't translate that way. There's something lost in translation. Well, I mean, do what all, all that emotional momentum is gone. Do 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 what they did. Do what they did in, in, in uh, on an episode of Raw or SmackDown and cut the commercial, 
we're not talking the same match. We're not talking match of the year. Right. Even if, you you know, the referee, I mean, the referee's being told, hey, we're in commercial, tone it down, or what have you. Either way, it doesn't matter because you're right. It, it, like that, the for, for me, I get it. Wrestling, it's not real. It's fake. It's, it's story being told. I get that. But when you're watching a match, you take that out of your head. You're watching something real. Yeah. It, you know, you're watching, for, for those who are, are movie fans, you're watching a boxing match in Rocky. It is so real to you. You're invested. Is Rocky going to beat whoever, you know, or what have you? And it's the same thing. It can show, do it. Okay, now sell me fucking, you know, casual GTX and, you know, M&M's and Skittles. (laughs) And it's just like, we come back and it's like, wait, what's going on again? Uh, You know, not that you're going to completely develop amnesia and forget what's going on in, in that sense, but it's just... That emotion is gone. You know that the goosebumps are gone. You know, let's say you had a, a false finish, and then you go to commercial. Ooh, like everything that you built up, all all of that emotion that you had going into that, or, or developed in that in, in, in that match at that point is gone, erased, and now you have to fight and try to get that back all over again. And at this point, the match is almost over. So. I get that the Raw and SmackDown, I a sense I get that you know it, it is, it is troublesome, especially on Raw where there's been times where they've had a 25 minute match on Raw, but you got three commercial breaks. Yeah, multiple commercial breaks. And it's just like this is where the, the match fails. And, and if we talk sports in general, you don't you don't quite have that same dynamic going for any other sport because uh, like if we look at NASCAR. They don't get me wrong; they're all about ads, but it's not done the same way. So yeah. you're still invested in the race. If you look at like hockey or basketball or football, keep in mind every time they go to commercial, that game is stopped. Yeah. So there's no there's no forward advancement during commercial. They wait till they're back from commercial. So you do stay mostly invested, right? You know. Yeah, you're 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 waiting that that kick, and then they ice the kicker. Oh, okay, we can sell you some beer now. Yeah. You come back, you're still on, on, on pins and needles. What's going to happen with this kick? And I'm not going to go into the whole picture-in-picture picture thing. I, I want to stick on, on New Japan here. You know, because I, you can pitch the whole picture-in-picture picture with WWE, why they don't continue to do that. But, like, this is this is the thing that I want. I wanted to use that match to put a kibosh to the idea that they don't tell stories because they fucking do, and that was one of those right there. And not only that, but the story's not over. The story's not over because is Takagi actually going to do that? Is he going to go undefeated? And is Sho going to be the guy that still overcomes the obstacle? Yeah, this this is, for all intent and purposes, this is the beginning or potentially the beginning of something between those two guys for the, almost the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, especially when it comes to New Japan. Because, see, now, if, you know, regardless of what happens in the tournament, there's still going to be an aftermath that has to be reckoned with. Absolutely. And and whether it be, you know, either one of the guys trying to show and prove to the other, it's it's going to happen. It's going to happen after the tournament. And that's the way it is. And it'll be advanced the same way through actual wrestling, through aftermatch promos, and through a commentary team who knows what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> uh, uh, here's another good example. For those of you following the, the tournament, 
you uh, currently are, we are watching what is this night three? It was night three, yeah. So night three of Best of the Super Juniors twenty six. We are watching Takagi in the ring versus El Titan. Or Titan, for those of, of you who don't understand Spanish. <laughs> uh, and again, this is another this is another story that involves Takagi. And how did this get advanced? Well, guess what? New Japan has their their tag team matches that preview upcoming bouts for the tournament. So you will have guys who are supposed to be fighting each other in the singles match as part of the tournament. Right. They will be part of a tag team usually the night before. Right. And so what happens with these two guys? They're in a tag team match, a preview tag team match. Um, so you have Takagi, and I think it was uh, Naito as yep. his partner. Yeah. Against El Titan and, and somebody who I don't remember. It was uh, Toa Hanari. Was it? Okay, yeah. so uh, Titan and Hanari, and what happens? These guys get in the ring together, meaning Titan and Takagi. And they're at each other, at each other's throat. They're nose to nose, face to face, and they're bitching each other out because guess what? Tomorrow night, they're gonna go one on one. Yeah, it's and, gonna count for points. And now. it's gonna count for points. Yeah. That's how that that storyline progressed. And then on top of it, you have the commentating team. All oh, these guys are gonna go at it tomorrow night. I can't wait. You know, this is this is the next match. Mm-hmm. And they're also trying to make it to where maybe this is going to be the guy that beats Takagi because, because Titan yeah. is is a, is a luchador and Takagi doesn't have experience against luchadors. So it's going to be the same thing when he fights Dragon Lee. So it's like, again, everything is told, uh, everything is done for you. All you have to do is just pay attention. Pay attention. Uh, you know, uh, real quick here, one of, one of my favorite stories that they told, every... every most people love the hero's journey, whether you're a sports fan or what have you. You know that the the to finally conquer the obstacle. You know, for for me, for example, you know, 2007 when the when the Giants conquered the obstacle that was the New England Patriots, the undefeated Patriots. Yeah. By the way, you look at what they did with Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada. That was a year and a half worth of work, at a least. A year and a half. You know, from 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 him failing to win the title at Wrestle Kingdom in 2017, to the hour long draw at Dominion in, 20, in, in June of 2017, you know he goes he goes on you know does things away from the title, from winning the U.S. Heavyweight Title, the the inaugural champion, to the Civil War within the Bullet Club with him with him versus Cody and and Page and Skrull, to him having turmoil with his best friends of the Young Bucks. Reuniting with Kota Bushi. I mean, his role is totally upside down, and here he has another shot at the title. And at this point, it's like the title's almost secondary, but he knows that he's, this is what he's wanted all along. Yeah. And Kazuchika Okada, the entire time, he's the guy that's held the title now for 700-plus days. He's a guy that nobody can conquer, but it's not like he's running through guys left and right. It's, it's the champion's turmoil of, being the hunted is a lot harder than being the hunter. Oh, yeah. And both guys played it so goddamn well that when it finally happened, and this is why for me, I know we had a difference of opinions in this, but for me, this was the 2018 match of the year. By the time you got to Omega versus Okada 3 at Dominion last year, I mean, all they had to do, and I know this is, this is a... a, a 
a big like I'm not saying I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. <laughs> All they had to do was go out there and wrestle because everything else was told. Yeah. The the, the 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 hero's journey to finally get to this spot. His life again, his life is in shambles. He's he's torn between, you know, the his relationship with Kota Bushi and his relationship with the young bucks. The issues, the, the turmoils with the Bullet Club and where that stands, to now another shot at the IWGP Heavyweight Championship against a guy that for for two for for a year and a half he just could not beat. And here's a shot: two out of three falls, no time limit this time. I mean, if you if if you were invested in, in any of that. And then you watch that match. I wasn't just drained because it was a great match. I was drained because it was the final act. It was yeah. it was endgame. It was it yeah. Put, put it put it at that perspective. Absolutely right. It was endgame. You know, and it was just like holy shit! Like this is it. This is the final chapter, and it fucking delivered. I don't want to make this a writing podcast, but th- you mentioned the hero's journey, and I think if I'm not if I remember correctly, it can be broken down to like fourteen steps. Mm-hmm. Okay, fourteen or fifteen. Right. And I'm yep. not gonna sit here and name them all, but um, that's Hero's Journey 101. Right. You have the fourteen or fifteen steps, and anyone will tell you if you if you go and do each step, you have your hero's journey. That's right. basic knowledge. But for those of you who are are even remotely familiar with the hero's journey, utilizing all of those fourteen points or fifteen points. And then being able to rearrange them and doing different combinations and still getting the hero's journeys across, there's your intrigue, there's your drama, there's your emotional investment to whoever you're writing to or whoever you're writing about. Right. Whether it be a video game, whether it be professional wrestling, whether it be a novel, a movie, you name it. That that formula, if you can take those bullet points and twist them in such a way that you make a combination that is completely intriguing that's that's your ultimate goal with the hero's journey that's all this is just because we're not going from 1 to 14 in order right and having commercial breaks every fucking <laughs> half a segment yeah doesn't mean there's a story not being told like clearly there's a story being told right you know we're watching uh, the bone soldier reborn taiji shimori on the screen right now, his story involves redemption. They brought him in, the Bullet Club brought him in to pretty much run rank over the junior heavyweights and win that title. Has he done that? Yeah. But he's back in the tournament because he has fallen from grace. It's it's time for him to to reclaim that title all over again. And, and reclaim his dominance over that weight class. That's his story. That's that's what's being portrayed. Match Every match he's in, in into or a part of, you're going to get that storyline. It's going to be advanced through commentating, through post-match promos, and through preview nights. Yeah. Just because it's not done with fucking multiple advertisements and... Half-assed wrestling doesn't mean there's there's not a story. For 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 the, for I, this is my going to be my last topic or my last statement on the, on this topic. For those who aren't buying into what we're saying, I ask you, and maybe the answer is no. But if you're even a, a remote fan of any kind of sport, 
we see heroes' journeys all the time. Oh yeah, or 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 redemption. We just saw one back in April, with a guy by the name of Tiger Woods winning, <laughs> winning the Masters. You know, just yeah. How long was that hero's how, journey? Yeah, years. Yeah, from, from from the fall from grace. You know, not gonna go into the, his story. Look it up if you don't know it. And then the the, the the countless injuries, the fact that can he ever come back and be the Tiger Woods again? To the fact that people yeah, people and, my age don't know who Tiger Woods is. And instead, for the most of, part. instead of false finishes here, you have false starts because he kept trying to come back and he'd get injured, right? Get injured, and then you know to the to the point where people are like, "Who is Tiger Woods?" Like he was a thing of yesterday, you know, almost like he didn't exist. Comes back. And not only does he win a tournament, but he wins the tournament. <laughs> you know, this, this is this is the biggest tournament that the PGA does. You know, I mean, the the the, the heroes return. You know, we saw it in Chicago. Michael Jordan leaves to go play baseball, and that whole thing comes back to win three more championships when he thought he was done. Yeah. You know, he comes back. You know, or, or again, we, we we see it all the time. We see underdog stories. Again, I mentioned my Giants beating the Patriots. How about your Eagles beating the Patriots? That's not supposed to happen. No, it's not. But it did. You know, how, it, how about how about the the ever cursed Chicago, Chicago Cubs? Cubs in finally winning World Series. Yeah. You know, and what and, and you, you go back to that game too. Just everything about it. I mean, that's what that was. Show versus Takagi. Yes, yes. Just, yes. Just, you, it, I, I, dude, I remember like it was yesterday. My wife, my wife wouldn't even watch. She was on pins and needles so yeah, bad. Yeah. She was getting worked up. She actually went in the kitchen and she's dancing around, like biting her fingernails. <laughs> like, what's happening? What's happening? I'm not even a Cubs fan, ladies and gentlemen. I'm in the living room, essentially giving her play by play. Yeah. Because she's too fucking nervous too, to watch. Too scared to watch. That's yeah. how emotionally invested she was. You know, when 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 the Indians. Tied that game up off of off of Chapman, who was lights out the entire playoffs. I'm just I, I look over at my dad and I was like, "This is it. We lost." They tied the game. I was like, "We lost." I mean, again, and and then the, the rain delay. I mean, this is like somebody fucking wrote this. Somebody Dude, fucking wrote felt, this. It know? felt that way. It felt that way. It, it felt like you were watching uh, a very dramatic show, right? And they were pulling out all the stops before. There was that final payoff. That's that's a New Japan wrestling match. Yeah, to a T. I don't cool. know why I took so long to even think of that. And thank, <laughs> thank you for bringing that up. But yeah, that's that's exactly what it was. In this case, the Cleveland Indians won over over over, over the Cubs in that sense, because I mean, not that I guess it, that's probably a bad analogy because Indians were not the the favorite in that in going in that series, but the bad guys won. The bad guy won in a sense. I mean, I'm a Takagi fan. <laughs> but you know, show didn't get the job done again throughout the tournament. We're gonna—it's gonna be interesting to see—is somebody gonna get over on Takagi and the show win eight matches in a row? And if that's the case, then we got a tiebreaker on our hand, right? So, um, but at, the, at any rate, do they tell stories? They do. You just have to look at it differently. Open your mind. Not everything, just like not every movie or every TV show or every book is going to be written the same. Yeah. Every wrestling match or every wrestling company is not going to do things the same way. You know, just get out of your heads and just go in there with an open mind. You'd be surprised what you're going to find out. Um, Speaking of finding out, 
There's a there's a guy that we laughed about. I still laugh at his name, um, but we've been finding out a lot of good things about him in just a f- few short matches here, and that's uh, Doki. Yeah, it's pronounced Doki. Doki. D O U K I. Yeah, Doki. Uh, he was the replacement for uh, El Desperado, who again has uh, a, a, a broken jaw, right? Broken okay, jaw. Yeah. Uh, I know it was broken something. Again, get well soon. We're definitely going to miss you. Um, but Doki comes in. Apparently, his storyline is uh, he's um, a good friend of Tai Chi. Uh, <laughs> so uh, there's this potential uh, Suzuki Goon affiliation there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, from what I collected in, in his first match uh, against uh, Ren Narita, who was Young Lion. Was uh, there's definitely a lot of resentment to the New Japan way of things? Yes, absolutely. He 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 views the New Japan Young Lions as spoiled. Yeah, because you know they have they always have food in their bellies and they're taken care of. Nice bed, nice bed. Yeah, because he doesn't get any of that shit, <laughs> and so he's in this tournament with like nothing to lose. And he has come into it like, fuck it. I'm just going to come in and destroy people left and right. So and far, he's so and good. So far, yeah, so far he's done uh, he's done quite a bit of damage. Uh, he is, I want you to think, for those of you who are not in, uh, familiar with Doki, think of him as like pretty much like a hardcore luchador. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he, ha- he is classic luchador to the T, but he comes to the ring with like a big lead pipe. Um, he is everything. Every, he is reckless in every sense of the word. Um, one of his moves in his fucking skill set is like this suicide dive off the top rope, which I know it's kind of hard. Like, oh yeah, I've seen people dive off the top rope before. Not not the way this guy does it. Uh, he is just completely careless with his body when he does it. It is really interesting because you have to still wrestle after that. Like, yeah. wh- like I don't understand exactly where he's coming from. He's just like batshit crazy, um, and he's so methodical at it too, which is really interesting because it it is making for again another layer of interest in this tournament because no one no one's familiar with him. All the other guys in the tournament don't know much about him. Haven't really wrestled him, so. Every time you see him in a match, they're like, "What the fuck do I do?" <laughs> you know, he, you know, he's, you know, he's obviously a luchador. Let me approach it like that. Nope, he just fucking hit me over there with a chair. Where the hell did that come from? Or his you lead know? pipe that he has. Or his lead pipe, uh, and it's 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 uh, it's making for again another level of interest and an interesting situation in this tournament. I said this to you before we started recording. I want to say it here officially. I don't know what's going to happen with Doki. I, I mean, I don't see him winning this tournament, but I, I, I will say this. If New Japan hasn't already done so, please sign this guy yeah, to they, a full-time contract. They, they'd be a fool to let him go. He's, like, he's only, what, three matches in, maybe? Two matches in? I mean, two singles matches and two, two tag right, matches. Right, two tag matches. And uh, as unorthodox as he is in the way of performing, he fits in with the roster. Yeah. Like, I, I really can't wait for him to not only go through the rest of the field in the tournament, but keep in mind, you know, he's only he's limited to all the guys in his block mm-hmm. unless he win you know wins his block, right. and then he'll have one more opponent. But 
I can't wait for him to run through other guys outside of the tournament. Right. To see what he's capable of against those guys, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we did our New Japan, or sorry, when we did our best of the Super Juniors uh, rundown, you know, we had we had a list of guys of matches. Oh, I want to see this guy versus this guy. Just looking at his, at his bracket alone, I mean, we've already seen him against Ren Narita. I haven't seen the match yet, but, he, you know, he fought Taguchi in night four. Dude, it's such a great fucking match. Oh, my God. There you have it right there, you know, and... You know, not on top of that, you know, you still have two matches against Bullet Club guys and Robbie Eagles and, and El Fantasmo. Yeah, that is yet to happen. You know, you got we already have Suzuki Goon versus L. I. J. You know, he's gonna he's gonna have to fight Bushi. Right. So I mean it's there's a it's a laundry list of, of potential rivalries that we can form in, in this tournament alone. Not to cut you off, but uh, have you seen Bushi's like latest move, that D D T onto mm-hmm. the apron? Yeah. Holy fuck. He, he does. He does it every time. He always brings a new move every time he does a tournament. When he did it to Osprey, that was fucking nasty. Yeah. Oh my god. And I'm sitting there. I had to. Re- I watched it like four times in a row. I re- I kept rewinding it because I couldn't fucking believe my eyes. And you know, it's obviously it's affected Osprey because now he's having neck problems and. He lost feeling in his right arm, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, throughout his appearances so far. So, uh, whatever Bushi did to him during that DDT, and it's fucking, dude, again, please, go get your subscription. I'm not even trying to sell you a subscription. I'm just excited about good wrestling. Yeah. But to see that fucking DDT, it's it's a DDT onto the apron from inside the ring going out. And that's the only way I can really explain it. Like you, it's just something you have to see. It's amazing that we, we talk about this, and it's, it's only four matches or four nights in. Yeah, <laughs> and there's 15 to go. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, you know this is the, the Super Juniors. We still got the heavyweights going to do this later this summer. For the G1. On the G1. Yeah, I, I mean, just absolutely, absolutely amazing. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited about professional wrestling. Good professional wrestling. Yeah. Uh, one that doesn't involve advertisement after advertisement, and uh, Let's put it on the fucking ring like they do, yeah, I, or, or, or like every other sport would do, right? <laughs> you know? I, and, and not yeah. to get too off topic, but right. I'm sure you heard about the NFL possibly having um, like NASCAR esque jerseys, or, in, or in like the, how soccer does, yeah. You know, so I mean, it, I believe the NBA, certain NBA teams do it too. Yeah, now, yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I saw LeBron James in a Lakers jersey that had the wish. Yep. On on the what left side of the uh, of the jersey near his chest. Yeah. But yeah, um, there's a lot. There's a lot simpler ways to advertise. Yeah, and still get your point across. Yeah, you're still making ad dollars, you know. So, but. I'm just I'm excited for this tournament. I'm excited for the the fifteen, the next fifteen shows of this tournament because the way they started off is fucking ridiculous. One of the other great things about this tournament has been the addition of Caprice Coleman on commentary. Now, for those of you who don't know, Caprice Coleman was with Ring of Honor, still is. Uh, he doesn't wrestle as much these days. I don't know whether it's uh, because of an injury or he's just trying to get into commentary as like another skill set. But yeah. um, this is his first tour of Japan. 
and he's doing it with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he has been fucking excellent to listen to throughout the entirety of this of this tournament, even though we're four shows in. Right. He's insightful. He gets it from a wrestling standpoint because he's a fucking professional wrestler. Um, and he, like, it, it's second nature to him to sit there and talk about, like, oh, you know, being, you know, I've been in that hole that Marty Skrull's doing right now, mm-hmm. and it hurts like a son of a bitch, and, you know, or he commented on a Jonathan Gresham, Gresham match that we watched a little earlier where he's like, Gresham is an actual pro wrestler, and every pro wrestler has three to five moves to get out of any move. Well, Jonathan Gresham has ten. Yeah. You know, he says stuff like that, and you're like, holy shit, that's, that, that's interesting shit to hear about, you know? Um, Caprice Coleman brought up a point of view that I didn't necessarily ever think about, and I'm really interested in what you have to say about it. So you and I always talk about the pros and cons of having a current champion in a tournament for that title. Yeah. Uh, You know, no matter how it's chopped up and put in there. uh, In this case, we would be talking about Dragon Lee holding the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, but also being in the Best of the Super Juniors Tournament. Right. It's kind of a conflict of interest. So what New Japan did was, if he wins, even though he's the champ, if he wins the tournament, he gets to pick and choose his opponent. Yeah. He's still got to defend that title. Yeah, he still has to defend the title. So that's the that's the caveat for him in this tournament. But Caprice Coleman mentioned all, like, the entirety of the champions inside the tournament and how that brings a different dynamic to the tournament. It isn't just about... Uh, it isn't just about the the junior heavyweight title anymore. It's also like, hey, I'm, you know, like right now, uh, Marty Skrull's in the ring. Not only he, as part of this tournament is he vying for the junior heavyweight title, but let's face it, he's in there to show and prove that he's worthy of that ROH six-man tag team title. He's, he's in there to show and prove why he got a title shot against Nick Aldis for right. the NWA World Heavyweight title, the 10 pounds of gold. Um, I'm just really interested in what you have to say about that dynamic. It's something that you and I don't really address during the show. Sure. Uh, what do you got to say? Again, to, to kind of go and elaborate on, on how New Japan can tell stories, this is another one of those. And it actually, in a broader sense, it tells stories throughout... The fact that... Alright, actually, let me backtrack a little bit. New Japan, for those who don't know, they are affiliated with three different companies. At the moment. At the moment. (laughs) Uh, CMLL in Mexico, uh, Rev Pro in in, uh, UK, and in ROH, Ring of Honor, in the United States. And each each comes with their own set of champions and, 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 you know just potential opponents. For example, right now, G.O.D., Girls Destiny, are the tag champs in not only New Japan, but also in Ring of Honor currently. So it leads to a potential interesting storytelling here. You know, we, we, we talk about El Fantasmo. 
well, he's a, already a cruiserweight champion and rep pro. You know, let's let's say you know he he loses the match to to somebody in 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 the B block, and neither one of those guys go on to win the the tournament. But it's like you know, uh, let let's let's call it the, let's call it Will Osprey because that's that's the match people want to see. Both guys have big time connection to Rev Pro. Will Osprey beats El Fantasmo and loses the tournament. But you know what? I got beef with Fantasmo. I want that belt. Oh yeah, I, you know I pinned you. I pinned, I pinned you, you, you during the tournament. Yeah, you know I, I should be number one contender I, for that yeah, title. Oh yeah, you know there's another, there's another dynamic there too. But on top of that, you know when you have tournaments, it's great to have a bunch of challengers, guys vying for a title. But here you have champions. You know, like the the champions, champion of champions, uh, or tournament of champions, almost, if you will. Not everybody's a champion by by any means, but you add, you add prestige to the tournament alone because this guy's a champion of Ring of Honor, this guy's a champion of Rep Pro, this guy's a champion of New Japan or CMLL, or what have you, and it, it adds to the prestige of of that that junior heavyweight title in New Japan because some of the best in the world, not not just because of, of they're, they're called that, but because they have the goal to go along with it, mm-hmm. they're vying for that belt. They want a piece of that belt, at least for this for a moment in time. And it adds prestige to that junior heavyweight championship even more because the best of the best are doing it. Same thing if you're in the G1. Let's say Nick Aldis was in the G1. He's already the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Now he wants a shot at the IWGP Heavyweight title. A champion's vying for that. On top of that, he comes out every single night with that World Heavyweight title. For 19 shows, he advertises. Again, we're plugging. Advertises that title. He's he's this champion. I mean, it just... It's one of those things where for business sense, it, it everybody gets everybody wins. Because everybody... Whether you're vying for my belt or you're advertising your belt, we're showcasing our best. And, on, 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 and even then some, too... You open the door for potential rivalries. There's a almost an, an infinite amount of things you can do when you open the doors like that and, and, and allow you know multiple people from multiple countries, from multiple, more importantly, multiple companies come in and kind of all vie for for one you know for one specific title. But then branch out to do their own thing because, like you said, with the Takagi show, life goes on after this tournament. Yeah, and how you know it, you can get so much more just from this tournament alone. You, Marty Skrull can go back to Ring of Honor, and he now has a beef with somebody else. Something could happen in the tag matches because Brody King's there too. Absolutely. You know that's one thing we, we forget to mention. Don't skip the tag matches. Never skip the tag matches because stories are told in those matches too. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's been interesting, for example, real quick here, the Naito situation, because it, every single time the Naito's out there, he's either with Bushi or Takagi, because Naito's a heavyweight and not in this tournament, it's always mentioned that his mind isn't in the match. His mind's on a Bushi and that Intercontinental title. And again, more storytelling. Mm-hmm. Even when, even though Abushi's not even around, I don't know what Abushi's doing right now, but he's he's not there. But he's the story's still being told. So again, like something could happen with the tag matches. You don't you just you don't know. 
So it's like it's uh, to have a, a plethora of, of of guys, including like you know champions. It to me it, just, it adds to even more possibilities. And again, prestige is the big thing. Advertisement of of your of your titles are a big thing. You know, if you were they're going back to G one, you know, why not why not Matt Taven show up and, you know, participate in the G one and rock that ROH world title the entire time. That would be interesting. It would be a lot uh, a lot more interesting and fun to watch than him versus PCO. That's for damn sure. And that that could happen again. Oh, God. That could happen again. Um, oh. PCO's got not an official shot yet, but he he's, it's a it's a four way match. Oh, that's right. Yeah, oh, and he could God. potentially get another shot. It's, I think it's happening in in Portland or Kent, Washington, one of the two. Oh, you're right. You're right. It is. It yeah. Is. Okay. So, oh. um, yeah, it could happen again. Um, what we're referring to. It's another New Japan show. It's New Japan Ring of Honor. It was night two of War of the Worlds. Took place in Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> and I watched the match before Joe. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was uh, we were we were getting lunch, and, and I told you I'd, I'd finish the the card because we started watching it while we right, were recording. Right. I said like, I finished the card, and that main event was a giant clusterfuck. To say the least. To say the least. But the, the 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 part that we're talking about, Matt Taven is on the outside of the ring. So PCO is going to dive through the ropes. Hit him, right? Tope Suicida. And he's... he's Matt Taven is, let's, let's call it the bottom section. For sure. all intents and purposes. He's on the bottom section of the ring. PCO dives through the top section of the ring onto nobody. Matt T- Matt Taven's at the bottom of your screen. Yeah. Uh, so you know he's he's on the side where the hard camera is. PCO, you see him revving up to do a suicide dive through the ropes because he he does that. But as he bounces off the ropes at the bottom of your screen, he goes back. He doesn't go through the ropes. He goes back the other way. And goes through those ropes at the top of your screen. There's no one there, ladies and gentlemen. No. And everybody was like, what the fuck did he just do? Clearly, you know, we make fun of PCO all the time. This is why. <laughs> and, and, and you know, we also make fun of Ian Riccoboni, who commentates for Ring of Honor. And he tries his best. He really does. I give him that. You know, well, I, yeah, I do too. I give him that. But uh, he actually saved PCO's ass in this match. How? Via fucking commentating. Imagine that. <laughs> he did his job. So PCO goes through the ropes on the opposite side of the ring. There's no one there uh, except for the entrance into the ring, you know, from, from the, the ramp. Yeah. And everybody's just like, the fans are... Confused as hell. Uh, PCO's handler Destro, his manager Destro, is like, he don't even know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, he didn't even try to sell it. Ian Riccoboni sells it better than anyone. I wish I wish I wasn't saying that. Yeah, and he goes, PCO's brain is fried. Yeah, that's what. Like he's just not all there. He's unhuman. He doesn't have you know like logic or reasoning, and. 
without that comment, the, uh, don't get me wrong, the rest of the match went to shit anyway because of PCO, but without that commentary, you're looking at a super clusterfuck. I mean, Coca Banna said it perfectly. Hey, yeah, he was like, I don't know how to call this. <laughs> and, and, and really, no one did. But yeah. Riccoboni sat there and said what he said and single handedly yeah. saved PCO's ass. He thought of something and he thought of it quick. Oh, he my was God. He's fucking Grinch on that. But <laughs> so he lands the, the suicide dive to no one and he gets up and he clearly knows he fucked up. Clearly, look at his fucking face. Tell me he doesn't know he <laughs> fucked up. And then he realizes oh, what he did, man. so he just puts on the stupid, like, monstrous yeah. PCO, and he's just looking around like, eh, eh, with his tongue hanging out, and yeah. the fans like, yeah. And you're just like, holy shit. This guy is a fucking professional wrestler. Empl- so, employed, being paid by Ring of Honor. So then that, like, I, I brought up the... There was, a, there, was, there was a couple of tons of botch spots at the end. But the, the headbutt to the fan. Headbutt to the fan. You saw that. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, <laughs> the Vinny Marsalia t- table spot. Yes. Oh, I mean, oh, yeah. He almost killed Vinny. He did. That was a horrible oh, fucking botch. He, he hit, Vinny hits his head on the way up underneath the table because uh, the way that he was angled, he was too close to it. Yeah, PCO powerbombed him through the through table. Through the table. Or was or, trying or, to anyway. Yeah, he ended up fucking the powerbomb up too. But he picked him up too fast, and Vinny's head was you know, angled to hit the table, and it did. Yeah. Moves the table forward. Moves the table forward. Squishes, yeah. uh, what's her name, Amber Rose? Yeah. I don't think she was anticipating that, that no, spot to happen. No, she wasn't. She got up and was yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's uh, there's that. Um, but the, the, the moonsault, the, the, the spot that wasn't botched, the moonsault, but... Matt Taven was too far away, and you can you can see TK Ryan say like, you got to move forward, and and Matt's on he's not doing it. Yeah, he's nope. not doing it because and, he he knows who's in the ring with. And then PCO hits the moonsault, which ended up being a good moonsault. It was it was a good moonsault, but Taven's so pissed off by this point. Yeah, the referee goes to start the count, and he doesn't even get like a, a whole count off. Yeah, he Taven just immediately pushes PCO off of him, like get the fuck off of me. Um, yeah, what a clusterfuck uh, of a match. And then PCO sells it somewhat, and then goes and starts for the pin again, but this time pushing him closer to the ropes. And at this point, everybody in the crowd, even the people who are just there to be you know, along for the ride, know that was not supposed to end that way. <laughs> because like, it's, it's clearly obvious now that Matt Taven's foot's going to hit the ropes. Oh, man. Like, that just, was... That was something to watch. Uh, if you if you guys are interested in watching that, I, it's like a car wreck. Let's yeah. face it. It's yeah. like a car wreck. You don't want to necessarily watch it, but <laughs> once you're watching it, you can't avoid watching it. you got to see the, 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 the suicide dive to at, no at the one. Very least. To no one. At the very least. Uh, talk about being entertained. I laugh. I, I, I had texted you. Mm. I was eating leftover uh, ground beef tacos. Yeah. So I had my plate on, on my lap, and I'm eating it, and I'm watching the match. And I, it, I just I knew it was coming because you told me, but I didn't expect it then. And dude, I spit out half my fucking taco all over the floor. Twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash fight. That's F I T E, and uh, sign up as a new subscriber with a new email. We're gonna get you. Uh, it's either ten or fifteen bucks in credit <laughs> right off the bat, so you can watch whatever you want, including 
Ring of Honor, War of the Worlds, Night 2 from <laughs> Toronto, and the whole bots PCO uh, title match. I'm, I'm going to say this real quick. I want to see this as a new meme because you know you know you know what it reminds me of the the Ralph Wiggum jumping through the window. Yes, that's what it is. It was so nonsensical. You're like, what the fuck did I just watch? Like that's gotta be the, the new meme. We got we gotta do this. So for all the listeners out there, think of something clever and send us a meme with oh my god with with uh, PCO jumping out to nobody. Oh um, good lord. I, th- I think we had enough shenanigans for for the time being. I think we need to go take a break and pay some bills. I yeah, hell yeah. I, well, I gotta use the bathroom too, so. So there you go. We gotta <laughs> we gotta relieve ourselves as well. Uh, stick around, guys. Uh, we got plenty more to talk about uh, after the break. So stay tuned. This episode of the Twenty by Twenty Ring Crew is, is brought to you by GameStop. GameStop, where you can buy new and used video games, consoles, and accessories. Got games you no longer play? Trade them in for cash or credit towards a new game to add to your collection. Become a pro member and save even more money on your purchases, trade-ins, and even get special offers not available to everyone else. If games aren't your thing, GameStop has a wide range of toys, apparel, board games, and other collectibles including pop vinyls, including exclusives not sold anywhere else. Visit us at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash GameStop to find out how you can get started. And remember, power to the play. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for hanging in there with us uh, while we pay some bills and I relieve myself. <laughs> uh, as always, we appreciate you listening. Thank you for everyone who has supported and continue to support the show. Yes, thank, thank, you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, uh, we're coming back. We were talking, uh, before we <laughs> went to break, we were talking about the utter nonsense that is PCO <laughs> in Ring of Honor right now. Well, everywhere he goes. Um, but more so that War of the Worlds tour. Again, if you're interested in watching the show, and I suggest you do, even... The, the, I'm, don't get me wrong, it wasn't a bad show, but uh, that's the kind of stuff you're not going to, like, Ring of Honor's not going to sit there and be like, hey, you should check this out, because that's our <laughs> finest stuff. No, no, there's, there's probably not going to be uh, a highlight, uh, package, highlight of package of that, so <laughs> you'll have to check that out um, on on a stream somewhere, 20x20crew.com. Slash podcast slash fight. That's F I T E. And uh, check out War of the Worlds 2019 Night 2 from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, speaking of some nonsensical stuff, uh, let's let's get into some WWE stuff. No skip. Yeah, no skip, man. Uh, <laughs> this company continues uh, on a downslide, and you've, you've got it. It's just. Every which way, man, I'm telling you, it just keeps uh, it keeps getting worse and worse. Um, you know, there's there's backstage uh, rumors and and uh, misinformation being spread out there about uh, how frustrated Triple H is with Vince McMahon, as we I think we all are to some degree. Um, to make matters worse, you've got you know it, it isn't just. Uh, a lot of talent wanting out, but you also have talent 
who are legitimately getting hurt. Um, I think it was in Variety magazine recently. Vince McMahon, they did a piece on Vince McMahon. I forget who the two writers were, but it was almost... I don't want to call it a puff piece, but it was close to being a puff piece because they pretty much sucked Vince's dick for a majority of the article. One of the things that got brought up was his treatment of talent and the whole John Oliver thing got brought back up where John Oliver had come out and said, uh, you know, you you don't take care of your talent, you overwork them, and and there's, you know, you just mistreat them in in that manner. Uh, And to a degree, John Oliver is right. And you and I have talked about, uh, you know, Seth Rollins, for instance, where... Man gets injured with uh, his knee, goes uh, under major surgery, and then eventually comes back. And there's no, you know, there's no taking it easy on the knee. He's back to the grind that is the WWE schedule. Right. Um, probably one of the most recent uh, casualties of this WWE schedule is Alexa Bliss, who uh, is out again. She has been pulled from the Money in the Bank match. Um, By the way, 159 matches for Seth Rollins in 2018. Wow. Uh, 147 in 2017. So there you uh, go. These are those, those are insane numbers. That, yeah, that's, that's fucking crazy. So, uh, uh, Bliss yeah. is out from the Money in the Bank pay-per-view now. Uh, there, there really has, to my knowledge, there hasn't been anything disclosed specifically about her injury, but... Uh, Anyone who's in a betting mood is, is probably betting on it being a head injury related issue. She's had multiple concussions, and uh, let's face it, these in this day and age, they have to be very careful with her her um, in ring uh, performance and and uh, or you know limiting it so that uh, that situation doesn't get worse. Uh, Heaven forbid we have to go through another talent, um, much like Daniel Bryan, where he was out numerous years uh, before being able to come back. So, right. it's it's one thing after another. Uh, you've got Sasha Banks, who has done just about everything possible to be fired, and now she has come out and uh, on Twitter after being called out and saying that she has quit the WWE and has corrected everybody and basically said, like, who said I quit? Um, I don't know why the the necessary uh, necessarily change of heart, but um, she she has come out and and essentially said with a with a SpongeBob meme or two that uh, the internet is. <laughs> Ridiculous, and uh, yeah. that she has not quit the company. But uh, her actions have spoke a lot louder than her words lately. And uh, let's face it, everything she's been doing um, has pointed at her wanting to leave. As far as the Sasha Banks saga goes, I don't. It's a saga now. <laughs> yeah, that's what it, that's what it becomes. Uh, I I don't know what to say to that because uh, you know it's one of those things where. Um, I want to have her back, and uh, she has been poorly mistreated, and, and that's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Like it's it's not one of those things where she's she she's a, a crybaby because she didn't get her way, she didn't get her WrestleMania moment, things of that nature. This has been years, years of the same shit over and over and over again. The carrot dangling in her face, 
winning championships and then never having successful runs with them while you see other people like Becky Lynch, like Charlotte Flair. And you can go on at your tangent and say, oh, that's because they're better. That's a matter of opinion. Okay, I get that. But Sasha Banks, whether she's as good or not as good, whether she is better than Becky Lynch or Charlotte Flair is irrelevant. She's on their level, whether you want to admit that or not. For those out there who who say Sasha Banks is a terrible wrestler, I don't know what the fuck you're watching. I really don't. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, she is she is definitely a proven time and time again. I've listed the, the the type of matches she's been in. I've listed her credentials before. She's a legit player. That's the reason why we're talking about her. That's why you guys are talking about her. Because if she wasn't, if she was, let's say, you know, an Alicia Fox. No one's going to give a fuck. Yeah, no one would be talking about it. You can it. leave. That's fine. I didn't know you were still here. The <laughs> fact that it, the fact that it bothers you, it, all, the, all the reason why you know she's a legit player. I don't like the fact how she's doing it. But at the same time, it's, it's hard because you have to put it in perspective of, of the fact that you are put in a corner for so long. And you're mistreated for so long. All you want to do is, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just go somewhere else then. You know, very much like um, like a Cody situation. You're not really given an opportunity to showcase your your talent. Well, fuck it. I'll just go somewhere else then. And I'm not talking like start your own company or anything like that. <laughs> but just go somewhere else. With that being said, uh, you know, there's been multiple reports out there where they're talking about already talking about plans for next year's WrestleMania and how Becky Lynch will be defending some title against someone that isn't Ronda Rousey and isn't Charlotte Flair. How realistically for you personally is a Sasha Banks versus Becky at WrestleMania? Um I'm gonna ask that question real quick. I just I, I we're watching now night uh, four. Night four of the best of the super juniors. Best of the super tournament. juniors and Villain Enterprises is out. Brody King and Marty Scurro are coming out there. Are, are out teaming up, and uh, I thought it was cool that Brody King it, it had God's hate on on his name. For those who don't know, <laughs> that's uh that's his name of his band that he's in. He's in a he's a lead singer of a of a I want to say the punk, but. Um, but yeah, it was cool because I, I saw it on there and I was like, "That's that's interesting." Like, they, this has God's hate on there, so there's a little bit of advertising for his band because um, I never heard anybody call him that <laughs> outside of all, all that. So, yeah, in case you're interested, uh, Brody King, who's one mean motherfucker, he's a lead singer of a I want to say a hardcore punk. I think yeah, it, yeah. Not really my taste style genre, but um, I'm more of a metal guy. But anyways, Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks could headline WrestleMania any 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 year. How realistic is that for me? I I, I would give that less than a one percent chance. Yeah, you don't think she bites if they say, "Hey, look, we know you're unhappy. We're gonna give you a, a buttload of money to stay, and we're gonna give you a title run with a WrestleMania moment between you and Becky." No, I, I mean, I think she bites if that's the case, but I don't think they offer her that. You don't think so? 
I don't think they view her as, as that, to be honest with you. Because you think, you think they'll, they'd rather just pay her to sit around and, and wait out her contract so she doesn't go to other places? I think that, yeah. I think they're, but what they what they would want for her is to be just um, basically a Dolph Ziggler. Oh man, that's 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 how I think they. That's how I see. That's how I have taken the Sasha Banks situation. They view her as somebody that can get other people over. That is some sad, sad shit, man. But, I mean, the track record has proven that. Yeah, though. yeah. Unfortunately. I, I, didn't, I didn't think about it that way. I mean, I if, if, Sasha, if Sasha makes me a fool, not to take that. I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, this is the WWE we're talking about. But, like, if, if you're comfortable with this company that you've been with for a long time, this is where you she grew up with as far as her wrestling career has gone, uh, goes, and they're going to offer you more money, a legit title run, and WrestleMania moment. I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely a lucrative offer. I just don't see them offering her that. She's worth it. She's proven that, but I just don't. I don't see it happening. I mean, goddamn, go go back, get yourself a subscription through us twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash WWE Network, all one word. Thirty days for free. Don't take my word for it. Don't take Joe's word for it. Thirty days for free. Yeah, decide for yourself. Decide for yourself. And while you're doing there, go back. Go back and see Sasha Banks in NXT. You want to see somebody who can cut fucking promos, who is phenomenal in the ring. The whole boss gimmick, what you see on the main roster is, is a joke compared, yeah, to what oh she, yeah. compared to what she was doing in NXT. She was a fucking... She was the epitome of heel. Went down there, to put, to put it nicely. Um, she was the epitome of what a heel was supposed to be. She was in your face. She was brash. She had no apologies about her at all. She was the boss. And I, tr- I wholeheartedly feel she was ready to bring that to the main roster. But just like every other fucking main roster call-up, it gets watered down. And, and that's what you see here. And again, there's two things about you know the other two women that I mentioned. I'm not I'm not even gonna bring up Ronda Rousey, but <laughs> Charlotte Flair again, Ric Flair. I, I don't I don't care how many times she she shows that she's you know more than Ric Flair's daughter. She's a Flair in a company that worships a Flair, and. That's just that's the bottom line. That's that's the reason why she was in the main event of WrestleMania. Because as good as she is, and as better as she is than Ronda Rousey, she had no business in there at all. No, she didn't. I mean, they they did not write her in there at all. Not did not even try to find a way to put her in there. Besides saying, "Hey, Charlotte Flair, you're in the main event of WrestleMania now." Um, Becky Lynch. It took her going to business for herself to finally get over with the crowd. That's what kills me about the, this whole women's division now is, you know, you have situations like that where it, it, it with Charlotte Flair and it's like, let's just, you know, we know we have her available. Let's, uh, instead of giving someone else the opportunity, no, no matter the caliber of uh, performer they are, it's just like they keep going back to the same well over and over and over right. again. And here you have Sasha Banks who's completely unhappy. Or you know Bailey, or you know just about anybody else. They're just, what are they doing? What are they doing with them? 
realistically, yeah. what are they doing with them? Right. You know, they're not getting that that same opportunity. They, they find excuses after excuses. I mean, before we, we started recording, you were telling me about Andrade. Andrade isn't uh, getting TV time because he doesn't speak English well, English enough. well enough. And, you know, they want him to work on his English. But last time I checked, he had a fucking manager that spoke perfect English. Yeah, so... I, so, I mean, you, you find excuses after excuses. Why not get people over... When all you have to do is is let them be themselves. You think there will be a gimmick change when he finally gets back to TV? You know what? They'll, they'll probably have him learn all his English, and he's going to be like a super racist Mexican character. <laughs> like after everything, after everything's said and done, like he's going to be a fucking janitor slash painter waiting outside of Walmart to pick you up in a pickup <laughs> truck. You know, something stupid like that. I'm Mexican. I'm I'm allowed to say stuff like this, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, back back really quick back to the women's division. You know, I just said you know they're they're not allowing people to, they're not allowing other women to get uh, quite the same shot as Charlotte Flair is. Uh, So here's here's uh, me hoping uh, that Nikki Cross takes the opportunity that they're giving her in the Money in the Bank by replacing Alexa Bliss. And hopefully she runs with it, and something good comes of that. Uh, I think she's definitely an underrated talent on the main roster, and uh, I, that probably would have been my same pick to replace Bliss is Nikki Cross. Isn't it a shame that she's a replacement, though? Yeah, right. Well, that kills me when they had the whole fucking superstar shakeup. They didn't even give her a home. They never gave her a fucking home. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, we're drafted, but we don't know necessarily what brand to put you on. So you just kind of you've been drafted, but we don't know. Like, how fucking stupid is that? I mean, I I mean, by by the time you guys hear this episode, Money in the Bank will already have happened. Yeah, it'll be over. With. But we were recording before. I, I mean, my prediction is going to be somebody that's not worthy of it. It's Manny Rose. I think Manny Rose is going to take the Money in the Bank. Okay. I don't think she's talented whatsoever. Uh, she's pretty face she was a pretty face and tough enough wasn't supposed to make it very far you can thank the Miz for that for bringing her back <laughs> and, and and it was for that reason yeah when he gave that reason his reasoning is because oh she's got the look she's hot she's sexy she should be here great that's it's, it's great uh, talk for, for professional wrestling there Miz um and then she gets the, she, she she gets the, the 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 push again because she's a pretty face you know, and and then that's anti women's movement. I thought, you know, I mean, you could be you could be beautiful and be a champion. I mean, I I, I absolutely love Becky Lynch in more ways than one. But again, it's it's the wrestler that I, I watch for, and somebody like Nikki Cross, who probably isn't everybody's cup of tea. Um, though, if you watch, if you follow her Instagram, it's you know. You might change your mind. Yeah, <laughs> um, I digress. But uh, Nikki Cross, I mean, again, her characters may not be may not be everybody's cup of tea. But like, what she's like, again, go back to the NXT days. Yeah. Oh my God, the match with Oscar, the matches with Oscar. Yeah. Holy fuck! And Oscar is another one that's well, not never just that. Get she wasn't afraid to mix it up as part of sanity. No. Yeah. You know, so she's in there with being. Uh, you know, in multiple intergender situations. You know? Right. Um, a really interesting quote came up from Jack Swagger. 
<laughs> or formerly Jack Swagger. Um, yeah, Jake Jake Hager is his real name. Is what he goes by. Yeah, of course he's he's now in the MMA world. Yeah, uh, fights for Bellator, maybe other companies too, but Bellator for sure. Right. Uh, he came out and and said that you know the WWE needs to kind of just take time to reset, and he proposed the idea of them doing seasons, uh, like a non traditional season in the way of WWE programming, to where they would start with SummerSlam. And work all the way up to and through WrestleMania, and then like take a fucking breather, and let shit reset. Like reset, reset the content. So every year you'd go from SummerSlam to WrestleMania, and then you'd reset. You'd have and, nothing. And, and no, you'd have new content. Oh, okay. Like like the universe would reset. So then you go from WrestleMania to SummerSlam with new content, then. Yeah. Okay. Um. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, other than his time uh, with uh, Lucha Underground, I don't know what else would have brought uh, something like this out of out of his mouth, but uh, definitely interesting point of view. What do you think? Um, does that work for you, SummerSlam to WrestleMania? Uh, for, w- for, for, for wrestling, no. For WWE, I actually, I love the idea. I, I love it because... You brought up earlier. You brought up the the um, the, the fourteen points of the hero's, hero's journey. journey, and you and I we've done writing on and uh, uh, other projects, and mm-hmm. we we've done things called beat sheets. Yep, and you follow these sheets because it, it simplifies sim- it simplifies an entire script. Put it to, put everything in perspective. It does it for you. Yeah, that's pretty basic stuff. Very easy uh, concept, and even if you're not, if even if you've never written a script before, it's it's there for you know like a beginner to to learn and, and, and get better at it. Follow if you follow these, then you'll you you should you should be fine. You'll succeed. Mm-hmm. The WWE is at the point, unfortunately. To where they almost have to have the beginner's mindset all over again. They their writing is so fucking all over the place. <laughs> Understatement. That <laughs> you have to almost like, all right. This is our this is this is point A, SummerSlam. Our point B is WrestleMania. We're not going past WrestleMania. Whatever storyline you're in, whatever angle you're in. Ended at WrestleMania. Ended at WrestleMania. Do not go any further than this. And then maybe, maybe that would be enough to say, okay, we can we can do that. We can come up with, with this. Um, and then once it's all said and done, you, pretty, you basically you know, hit the reset button and you start all over again. It sounds like a train wreck ready to happen. But, ladies and gentlemen, when you are on a a five-lane highway that's full of nothing but turnover semis and spun-around <laughs> trucks and cars, all you got left is to say, you know what, take a breather, let's flip over these semis, let's turn around these cars, and let everybody go slowly back to where they need to be. And maybe then, maybe then they'll learn how to fucking drive without these beat sheets. And you know what? It can be done. You look at Lucha Underground. 
every season Lucha Underground starts off with a battle royal, right? Yeah. And and, and again, it's it's either for a title shot or to crown a new champion, and that's how they start their season. You have uh, again, I could be wrong here, but isn't it Bellator MMA? Yeah. Every show they do is is essentially like a tournament for. Uh, they, At least a contendership. Or they something? they slow down on tournaments, but yeah, I mean lately that's how they started. That's right? how they started. They were tournament based. UFC was the same way. Yeah, so tournament based. Yeah, it, it can be done. Can I'm not saying done. you have to have a fucking tournament that lasts from SummerSlam to WrestleMania, but th- that refreshing of content. Well, you, let's look at it this way too. I mean, let's let's go back to to New Japan. I mean, right now we're doing Best of the Super Juniors. Well. That leaves an entire weight class that's not doing anything right now. Taking a breather. I mean, they might be doing other stuff for other companies. That's fine. But you don't have Kazuchika Okada. You don't have uh, Minoru Suzuki or, or Hiroshi Tanahashi or, or Zack Sabre Jr. I mean, as far as like your top heavyweights, you have Tetsuya Naito, but he's just doing tag matches. Right. To kind of fill in the time and, and give support to fellow LIJ members. So... Uh, you know, even with Sonata, they're not there. You know, I mean, there's, it's just focus on the, the, the junior heavyweights. And then come uh, July. July and August, it's going to be the same thing, but focus on the heavyweights. heavyweights. Where the junior heavyweights are just there to kind of support the heavyweights or take time off. So, it, it, I mean, it does happen in pro wrestling. You know, it's just, it, it's, it sounds outlandish on paper, uh, to some, or might sound outlandish on, on paper or some because you have a WWE product that you're used to watching every single week. But the thing is, you can watch, let's say you watch Raw every single week and, and, and don't fucking tell me you don't see the same thing like three weeks in a row. But sometimes you'll see the exact same match three weeks in a row and it's like, why did I even watch this time? I watched this last week and the week before that. Yeah. You know, and, and then this is... It takes away from that, you know. Let let let's say you have a match. Okay, I really want to see this. You know, you want to see Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles, and and let's say they did it on Raw. Cool, that should be a good match. But then you did it next week on Raw as well. It's like, oh, okay, it could still be a good match, but I already saw this, and they do it again, and it's like, all right, like, you know, <laughs> that's talking about a match that. For me, okay, I, I would want to see that match. Now, let's do, let's be realistic here. Most of the times they give you a match that you really don't care to see, and then they give you that three weeks in a row. Yeah. It's already a bad match. Now you're going to be a bad match three weeks in a three row. Three weeks in a row. So instead of doing that, you know, take a breather, take a step back, and relook at your roster and say, okay, we're going to. You know, let's say you did four month increments. This is what we're gonna do for the next four months. This is what this is what we got. Stick with this, and then you're at WWE, so you have the money to, to, to do this. Have another group of writers that start ahead of time for the next four months. Yeah. You know, okay. This is, what's your what's your end result? Okay, okay. This is what we're working with. We go with this. We'll start with this, you know. We're bringing new. Are we going to call new people up? Are we going to, you know, refresh the roster? Are we going to send people? And I don't mean like the mo, but send people to NXT, send people to NXT to, to UK, maybe. You know, there's a lot of things you can do. You have a big ass fucking company. It's really not a bad idea to say, okay, like let's 
let's shuffle things around like they like to do, but do it in a, in a manner that's structured and organized. I mean, what Jack Swagger said, again, might sound outlandish, but when you really put it in perspective, it makes sense. Speaking of making sense in organization and uh, all those... I love your segues. All those good things. <laughs> um, and you know what? Just different points of view. Yeah. Uh, something has come up, and, and uh, I definitely wanted to address it. I wanted to address it because uh, we've talked about it before on this show. Uh, I am, of course, going to speak about Chris Jericho... And uh, not only him being affiliated with AEW now, but he has come on and said, this is a war, whether you want it to be or not. Meaning, a war between companies. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you personally about this. You know, we always talk wrestling, talk shop and stuff. Yeah. So, previous to this comment... What what is the the thing we kept hearing out of the AEW camp over and over and over again? They're not competing with WWE. They're not competing, right? So Chris Jericho comes out and says, "This is a war, whether you want it to be or not." And he goes on to say in in, uh, in his 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 little bit of input there. Um, he uses first of all, he thanks himself. <laughs> He thanks him. He thanks himself in uh, in honor of all of the WWE for the entire WWE roster because uh, he essentially made them more money, and he's out. He's not wrong, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was him, just him specifically, but uh, he uses uh, the the anecdote of his dad, who used to play. Um, they for the Rangers, right? He played professional hockey. Right, yeah. Um, I, I think his uh, name is Tom Irwin, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds about right. Uh, so, Irwin played uh, professional hockey, and when the NHL, uh, I, I'm trying to think of the name of the other organization. It was like International Hockey Stars or something like that. International Hockey Alliance, maybe. Okay. So they, they came around and they became the NHL's uh, opposition. And what did they do to, to like cement that standpoint of an opposition? They signed the legendary Gordie Howe for like a million bucks, which was fucking unheard of in the sport at the time. So what did the NHL do to uh, make sure no one else went to the other organization? They gave everybody a pay raise. And so Jericho uses that anecdote to give you a little more um, detail about where he's coming from in this whole AEW-WWE thing, where he's like, hey, I jumped ship, now I'm working with the AEW, they're paying me more money, and in order to keep everybody from... Uh, leave like you know that mass exodus that we've seen before in professional wrestling from company to company. They're they're upping everybody's pay grade or trying to, and you know obviously not everybody wants to stay. But um, so he thanks himself for that. But uh, how do you feel? How do you feel about what he said? Is it something smart to say at this point? Uh, you know, if 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 for those of you who don't know. AEW has definitely landed a TV deal with uh, the Turner Company. 
So it'll be on TNT this fall. And uh, they have that under their belt. Live, by the way. Live, by the way. Yes. So, uh, you know, what do you say? What do you say? Do you think Jericho's words are um, applicable to all this? Or do you think he uh, he needs to watch what he says? <laughs> no one's going to tell Chris Jericho what to do. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> uh, I think that's pretty much answered that question by saying that, though, because... Anybody else, this is a big, this is a big, like, to-do. And probably are going to be spoken to by one of the uh, executive vice presidents. But at the end of the day, it's Chris Jericho. And I'm not saying Chris Jericho is this crazy old coot that nobody takes (laughs) seriously. He's quite the opposite. But it's Chris Jericho, uh, a guy who really is... Has never been afraid to speak his mind and, and and tell you the truth because at the end of the day, I think, I think what what the elite have said or or, or people who are in the office of AEW have said it is is legit. I don't think this is a legit war. I don't. This is not. If you went into business to go to battle to take on somebody else, you're no better than Ted Turner in WCW. Right. Um, your goal should not be to be better. Than WWE, your goal should be the best wrestling product out there. Period. Um, you do that by making yourself better, not just okay. As long as we're better than these guys, you know, we're beating them in ratings and, and all that stuff. That's that's recipe for disaster. We've seen that before. We don't want to see that again. With that being said, Chris Jericho, what you said makes valid, very valid points. And the fact that now every single time somebody's unhappy in WWE, whether it's true or not, the first thing that is, is brought up there is, oh, well, they're, they're probably going to land AEW. And, and, and let's face facts here. That's not going to be the case for most of these people. Right. Um, AEW is not going to ha- want to oversaturate that roster, for one. Um, and and, and you know, Cody's come out and, and said, too, that they're not looking to, to sign ex WWE guys for the sake of signing ex WWE guys. You know, if if you're signed with AEW, you're gonna have value to that company. Not, oh, we got them, so so you can't have you them. can't have them. But with that being said, from the get go, this is not just a war with WWE. This is a war with every other major wrestling company out there: Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Because these guys have come come out. I mean, you see wrestling companies start up every single year, and you know you unless you're you know living there you're, that the neck of the woods like a black label pro for us, you know, based out of Northwest Indiana, you're not gonna know about it. You know, I mean, it's easier nowadays with with the you know with the internet and, and things like you know I you know. Um, it used to be called Powerbomb TV. I don't know what it's called now. Uh, independent Independent Wrestling, wrestling TV. TV. There yeah. you go. You know, high spots, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, it, obviously, it helps, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 still very small, and, and you more than likely are not going to care too much about it. Uh, AEW, it, before it even started, you know, the, the, the night that it, it was announced, it was just like, you know, they... They took the wrestling world by storm. It's like, okay, well, what's going to happen next? And then you saw the lineup of men and women that signed with the company, and it was just like, it was a who's who. So it makes sense. 
you know, the the TV deal. It's, it, this is national TV now. Turner. And I get Turner. The fact that, you know, Turner, a Rhodes made the announcement. I mean, there's a lot of things where nostalgia is kind of taking effect. Sure, sure. Whether That doesn't really mean anything, but it's still people are going to talk. Like, wow, that's, 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 that's huge. I mean, it's huge for the fact that they signed with Turner and they had a TV deal, a national TV deal. You know, people are already talking the wars around. They, they, they don't have a time slot that has been announced. We don't I'm know. hoping it's 605. I'm hoping it's 605 <laughs> too, yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's no talks of whether it's going to be on Monday night. I don't think it's going to be. Uh, I heard preliminary talks that it's going to be on Tuesdays. Well, Tuesdays would make sense because SmackDown's leaving Tuesday yeah. night. They're going to Friday nights, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Friday nights at 10 p.m. It's good. It's, good. it's really good time slot there. Yeah, Friday nights that's, at 10 p.m. Well, that's Eastern time, so it'd be 9, nine for us in Central. In Chicago time. I wonder if uh, Impact's going to change their time slot then, because they're Friday nights. They're Friday nights right now, too, yeah. At 10 Eastern. It'll be interesting. Anyways. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, do I do I think Chris Jericho needs to wash his mouth? No, I, I, I don't, because it's Chris Jericho. Everybody knows what he's about at this point in his career. Um, he's going to say things to either express how he truly feels or if he just feels like starting shit. And at the end of the day, you know, nobody's going to stop him, so nobody's going to look at I don't say no one's going to bat an eye at this, but no one's going to be like, oh, man, you know, Jericho, why would you do that? Because <laughs> he's, made, he's made a career doing shit like this. Okay. You know, had it been a member of the elite or, or somebody, you know, let's say like... Uh, a Chuck Taylor or, or Tramparetta had been like, eh, <laughs> you know, you, you don't you don't want to go after the you know the uh, for lack of better terms the big dog just yet, but um, I, I truly I truly feel, I, I truly buy into the idea that this is not designed to be head to head competition with WWE. This is designed to be head to head competition with professional wrestling. And trying to be the best product out there. And not necessarily beat anybody individually, but just be the best wrestling product out there in general. This is a hypothetical, obviously. So let's say they get a t- let's say AEW gets a Tuesday night time slot. Yeah. Uh, I've already heard the name Tuesday Night Dynamite be thrown around. Okay. Which is pretty interesting. But uh, how would you feel, you personally, how would you feel about... Them getting that time slot on a Tuesday night, and then coincidentally, the WWE also has a Tuesday night show. How would you feel about that? All right, so would WWE get it afterwards? This is afterwards, after, yes. okay, okay. Then, then you know, then you know the war's on, and you know that uh, because WWE. I think for for, for them to go to war. But for AEW to go to war with WWE, WWE would have to literally, almost literally, in, in wrestling terms, fire the first shot. And if you go on the same night, WWE goes fires the first shot. But I'm gonna tell you this right now: that is as big of a fucking miss as as you could possibly get. Because what that says is that you are desperate enough to make a move like that. Do you remember? Uh... 
Do you remember them having a house show? I want to say it was in September of 2018. Um, I think it was a Ring of Honor house show. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. And, uh, yeah, it was in San Antonio. And uh, NXT had a house show on the same night. Or, no, it was... It wasn't originally on the same night, but then because of because of all the hubbub between uh, the elite and, and all that stuff, right? Uh, they decided to move the NXT house show to the same night across town in San Antonio, right? And their answer uh, to bring like uh, to put asses in seats away from from the Ring of Honor show. It was uh, they brought Shawn Michaels in to be like a special guest referee for for like an Adam Cole match. Yeah, um, and it it didn't. I mean, obviously, you know, this isn't uh, this isn't a Raw house show. This yeah. isn't a SmackDown house show. It's an NXT house show. So they still did a, a, a pretty pretty good uh, gate, but uh, that was that was an example of the WWE. Firing, uh, firing a shot at Ring of Honor at the time, or the Elite, I should say, because they're not, they're no longer with Ring of Honor. Um, that house show that you're referring to, it was advertised. Kenny Omega was advertised, right, for San Antonio. Uh, this was back in November, by the way. Mm. Thank you, November. So, I knew it was later in the year. And and then, uh, they booked the. And mind you, WWE booked a smaller venue. Right. It was actually like a theater that they booked. Mm -hmm. And Shawn Michaels was the guest attraction. And then Cody, at the Ring of Honor show, made the comment that they're not, that the Ring of, sorry, the WWE show was not sold out. Yeah. But Ring of Honor on a bigger venue was sold out. And then he also had tickets for anyone with the name McMahon, if I'm not correct, right? He had tickets for anyone with the name McMahon for the Ring of Honor show. Yes. Um, it backfired. I mean, it wasn't a, a huge, like, uh, miss because it was a house show. Yeah. But it did backfire. It did, it, it did backfire on, on WWE because uh, it, it didn't work. Uh, they should, If they had they stuck with their original night, they probably would have sold out. Yeah. Uh, I I'm sorry, with all due respect to Shawn Michaels, you're you're talking Shawn Michaels now, who can't do anything, to Kenny Omega, who is doing everything. one of the biggest stars <laughs> in professional wrestling. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that was actually in 2017 when that happened. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah, it wasn't last year, but uh, but yeah, it was the same concept. I mean, it was just uh, it was um, basically being butthurt and uh, not liking the fact that uh, another company was. Making waves in ways with that they they thought that they should be doing so. Um, if they go Tuesday nights after the fa- or, or the same night in general uh, after the fact, they really really need to hope that somewhere along the line AEW fucks up because at this point the only way that they could beat them on Tuesday nights is if AEW shoots themselves in the foot. And even then, it's going to have to be, like, a pretty bad fucking sting because the way WWE is right now, I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of companies that can beat them head-to-head. 
and and put on a good pro- like if you were to give them a legit shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's say you you did you did a, a scientific study, if you will, and you had a hundred people watch Raw and a hundred people watch another product. That other product and ratings, or, or, or I should say, in this case, reviews, would win almost every single time, because the WWE product is so stale, so boring that even your own marks are just kind of like, eh, I don't want to watch right now, <laughs> and that's the case because. I've noticed lately, for me, I've, I've I've had a lot less arguments going into you know Money in the Bank pay per view or this fucking Super Showdown pay per view that's happening. Uh, I mean, even your marks don't want to see Goldberg versus the Undertaker. I think that says a lot. I think that speaks volumes yeah. about about the situation. Uh, there's one thing I want to end the show with. Yeah. Um, while we're talking about this, ladies and gentlemen, although I bring up this this whole. Um, Hypothetical about WWE and Tuesday nights and, and what have you. Uh, there's one thing I need to reiterate over and over again because there are people that completely ignore me when I say this, but I don't want the WWE to go out of business. I don't want any wrestling company to go out of business. At the end of the day, if you're someone who wants any wrestling company, no matter how big or small, to go out of business, then you don't love professional wrestling. Yeah. Because absolutely, that is the lifeblood of any business, is good competition. That's what I want from this situation, is good competition. I want everybody to succeed so that we can, we can have multiple opportunities to see multiple talents, multiple places, under all kinds of different circumstances. I think that's what makes professional wrestling great. I'm going to challenge the audience out there. Challenge. Yes. Challenge is going to be put out there. That's for you, Larry. (laughs) Uh, I defy anybody that's listening to my voice right now to name another time in WWE's history that had a better roster than what they have right now. Wow. Can't be done. I, I'm putting it out there right now. I would challenge anybody. From top to bottom, best roster they've ever had. This ought to be pretty fucking interesting. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm going to say that. I, I say that because as good a roster they have, their product is the complete opposite. They're the, the end product. Dude, and it, it is so frustrating. And, and that's what we mean. Like they, I don't want to see them fail. I, I again. I, I've said it so many times. This is day one. This is episode one. The WWE was what got me into professional wrestling. There's yeah. like so many others out there. It was. It was what. It was what hooked me. Yeah. It was WCW that I started watching first. Technically, thanks to Booker T. But it was WWE that fucking hooked me in and kept me forever. You know. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just like they 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 took that love and that passion. And they smeared it with a big pile of shit. <laughs> and they expected you to just stay there and, and take it because a lot of their fans do. This is why, and I'm, and I'm going to go into this a second in a second here. This is why I'm so excited about the start of AEW. Which, by the way, by the time you listen to this episode, you're talking 24 hours the start of <laughs> of a brand new company, a brand new beginning of professional wrestling, because 
just like us as fans, companies like the WWE did the same thing. They did the same thing to Cody. Took his love and his passion and smeared it with silver and red shit and said, this is what you are. You're fucking stardust. You're nothing more. You'll never be anything more than this. And look at where he's at now. I'm not going to fucking tell you a story. This is a story. It's happening tomorrow. Uh, um, a lot of those guys, same thing. They believed in the fucking change. They believed in the fucking alternative. And it's here. It's finally here. I mean, yeah, you have companies like Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Evolve, etc., etc., etc. And now you have AEW. Same thing. Where it's like, just because we're not WWE doesn't mean that we don't we don't have a voice. Your voice is counted and meant for something. And and for in this case, it meant a brand new fucking company. WWE needs to going back to the seasons kind of concept. They need to stop. Look at their fan base. Whether we're 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 okay with their fan base or not, I I know we have frustrations with the fan base. I don't have a problem with fanboys. I don't have problem with half-hearted fans. Everybody's welcome. Look at everybody there, and look at how many how many smiling faces you have. That should be your fucking answer. Yeah. Your 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 own fan base. Your own fanboys that stand by you no matter what even they are starting to say you know what this is not very good maybe it's time to start giving people what they want stop promising things and just fucking do it again you have I'm going to say this again the best roster you've ever had you know going into Money in the Bank you got Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles if that match is not and I don't like the star system me either. But if that match is not anywhere near a four star match at, at minimum, you did it all wrong. Yeah. You did it all fucking wrong. I mean, just let them fucking do what they know what, how, how to do it. Yeah. Because if this was on double or nothing, you're talking potentially a five star match. Yeah. Again, right. we're not a star system podcast, and, we're not, and, and I don't want to support that, but that's. To kind of give people an idea of what we're talking about, that's 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 what we mean, you know. Going back to WrestleMania, you know, you're, you're you have matches that that fell short of of great because you had oversaturation in your in your product in your product, which is weird because it was like a fucking seven hour show. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how you didn't have enough time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. But I mean, it's 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 just a, it's an ongoing thing, you know. And this this is the reason why we preach the alternative because that's what we watch, and we're not the be all end all. This is just two guys that love professional wrestling, giving their opinion. But that's the reason why I tell you. Turn off the WWE until they fucking get their shit together. That doesn't mean put them in bankruptcy. Right. That that means stand your fucking ground. Make them listen. Make them listen. You know our voices mean something, and and AEW is a perfect example of that. That your voices mean something, and that people out there that will are willing to listen, and that's why I have nothing but the utmost faith in what they're about to bring to us. And I I could be dead wrong. But I really, in my heart, in my wrestling heart, I don't feel that way because 
They've shown time and time again that they give a shit about your time, your money, and your entertainment. And that speaks volumes to, to what this company is going to bring to the table. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoy your Memorial Day weekend and the beginning of All Elite Wrestling live on pay-per-view. You can catch Double or Nothing through us and at a, at a fraction of the price. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight. That's F-I-T-E. Where if you sign up as a new subscriber through us, through the 20 by 20 crew, you're going to get either 10 or 15 bucks of free Fight TV credit. You could put that towards any show you want. Um, forgive me for not knowing the exact amount, but it is either 10 or 15 bucks. Either way, you're coming out ahead on this deal. Uh, and, and you get to enjoy some awesome professional wrestling. As a matter of fact, um, I just watched MLW Major League Wrestling um, recently. It's a free program on Fight. And uh, we got to see, well, I got to see Rey Mysterio's cousin, Rey, Rey Horace. Yeah. And uh, his finishing move. I don't even know what he calls it. It is like a super... Destroyer pile driver off the top rope, fucking phenomenal. Um, but we are really short on time. Facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20 talk. Come talk to us. Talk to us about how you would improve the WWE. What you would do. Do you support the the idea of a season system with them or not? Uh, Facebook.com slash 20x20 crew is our Facebook page, our official Facebook page twitter.com slash 20x20 crews where you can hate tweet us instagram.com slash 20x20 crew uh, we are also available there email us 20x20 crew at gmail.com with your questions, comments, concerns anytime anywhere, we, we also love uh, fantasy booking here Email us your fantasy booking stuff, uh, ideas for episodes. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash YouTube is where you will find the following contest. Our exclusive YouTube content where we fantasy book stuff. We've got some stuff coming up that you're going to be really fucking excited to hear. I'm excited to hear it. And uh, really quick before we end the show, I want to say happy anniversary to... Beyond Wrestling, celebrating 10 years in the business. Absolutely. Thank you, Beyond Wrestling, for all you do and all the matches you bring. Uh, I, I truly enjoy the product, especially during WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. That's always some interesting, interesting shit. And uh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done uh, selling you stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm done talking. Yeah. Um, I do want to say uh, real quick here... Um, you know, anytime, anytime stuff like this happens, I, as a wrestling fan, you gotta take a moment and and, and remember the greats in this business. Uh, shouts out to the late great Silver King. Absolutely, uh, we lost we lost a legend um, a, few, a week ago here. Um, obviously, somebody that I, I watched in WCW, but yeah. more importantly in AAA as well. Yep, yep. Um, definitely, definitely somebody that uh, should be remembered. Um, also, too, again, you mentioned you mentioned MLW. You can also catch it on YouTube, 6.05, every Saturday night for free. If you don't have BN Sports, because it originally airs on Friday nights, 
another another company I'm really trying to get people to watch, Defiant Wrestling, based out of the UK. They're on every Sunday afternoon at three Eastern, two Central. Um, that's live. So when when they're watching the UK, you're watching here in the United States. Absolutely great product. Uh, traditional weekly shows with a pay per view every single month. Pay per views are only like fifteen bucks. Great wrestling, great storytelling. Uh, a lot of names that you, you, you know, it's an independent company, but they got a lot of names that uh, you you probably recognize, including Pac, including com- guys like CCK and Mark Haskins, guys who are becoming big out here in the states. So if you want more good free wrestling, YouTube every Sunday afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 Central, or whatever time zone you're in, uh, check your local listings. But again, it's free. It's on YouTube. It can't be free. So uh, I think the thing with that, enjoy don't nothing. Uh, enjoy the beginning of a brand new era of professional wrestling. If you if you are a professional wrestling fan and like I get it. You might have something going on that day. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's a busy time. I get that. Be with your family. Maybe you got to work, what have you. But if you got nothing going on and you just choose not to watch it just to be defiant. <laughs> um, I see what you did there. <laughs> you know, you are every part of the issue that WWE is and, and companies that refuse to change. Uh, be a part of the change. Be a part of the movement. And if at the very least, give it a chance. Uh, for everybody else that is going to uh, be watching it, we at the 20 by 20 Ring Crew look so, so forward to hearing what you have to say about it because uh, you and I, Joe and I, would definitely be watching it. So with that being said, I've been Matt, he's been Joe, and I'm doing it this week. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've been fantastic. And until next week, we will see, see you, you in, in the, the ring. ring. Cannot be a happy man here tonight. The bastard is in Nottingham. Well, his scheduled opponent, one of them not here, the other one injured. What does that mean for Pack? We've spoken all night about gentlemen who have stepped foot in this ring that are respected, feared, and have dominated across the globe. I am gonna go on record right now. Nobody back there is as well feared, respected, and admired than Pac.
that I am irrefutable. I am unstoppable. Yeah. I am undefeated yeah. in 20 months. And there is not a man on this roster, nor in this country, who has the balls to stand tall to tall. What? Hang on. What in the hell is this now? What the what? hell? You have got to be no! kidding me! No way! It's him! He's here! It's Hangman Page! Hangman Page is here in Nottingham! And yeah. they're on their feet, Bradshaw! These two are just one week away from squaring off in Las Vegas at AEW's Double or Nothing. But Hangman Page is here now. I cannot believe it. What are we seeing? This match was meant to happen in Vegas, but we're getting it here in Nottingham. Hangman Page and Pack. Pack can't believe it. No one in this building can believe it. I didn't even know that Hangman Page is in the country!